0: Three, two, one. This home show production is supported by Noble Knight, where out of print is available again, and by listeners like you. Keep using the affiliate links for Amazon and dDclassics.com and support the show while you shop. Welcome to the news desk. Once a month, we get together to chat about the latest news in D and D. And your two anchors today are Sam Dillon, that's me. And I'm Jeff Greiner, and we're here to talk
1: about the D&D news from June-ish of 2014. <laughs> I say ish because technically it goes a little bit into May and a little bit into July, because um, that's the timing uh, from the last recording to the current one. Uh, and f- we, we are man on the street list so far today. Yeah he get he got lost in the mines of fandelver. I think he got lost in the mines of fandelver. That's right. Um, and so if he ever finds his way out of those lost mines, uh, he'll be joining us and if not, the two of us will uh you know handle things for you. That's right. So let's uh start off with the lightning round. I'll get us started. Project Morningstar. So Project Morningstar mm-hmm. was announced and is the code name for the digital initiative to go along with the new edition of D and D? They've basically announced that they're that they're doing a digital initiative. It's going to be a cross-platform digital initiative. In fact, that, if you go back and listen to uh, the recent Tome Show uh, interview with Mike Merles, he talked a little bit about this, um, and he mentioned that his goal the goal is to have at least as much support as Fourth Edition had, and then. Increase from there. Uh, it's going to be cross-platform. It's going to be all kinds of stuff, right? And there, uh, if you keep an eye on the website for Project Morningstar, then there will be opportunities to sign up for possibly getting involved in beta testing for it. So that's right. They don't actually
0: pro- they don't they don't actually have signups on there. What what they said is keep watching, and when they start get ready for signups, they'll scream from the mountaintops, and right. you'll put your name in, and then they'll pick people out so right. that's yep sam yes uh my my lightning round news item is that the uh mmo the neverwinter mmo is officially one year old it's our little baby's growing up <laughs> happy birthday neverwinter yeah. happy birthday neverwinter and i i think there are some celebratory events uh some things in game uh but I don't actually play the game, so it's hard for me to say what those are. But I'm sure they're absolutely cool.
1: Speaking of things that you don't do, that's right. last lightning round thing, Gen Con. Mm. Uh, Gen Con's coming up in August. Uh, Origins has happened, and D&D seemed to have a higher presence there than normal, with four different panels going on and some announcements and and a chance to actually check out some of the Project Morningstar stuff um, under NDA, I I believe, um, is Mm -hmm. how that worked. But Gen Con's also coming up. Um, there's events planned. There's cel- a celebration. There's a party that's separate from the celebration. Um, make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah, so there's a launch party for Tyranny of Dragons. And then there's also a D&D celebration ceremony. And those are two different things happening uh, at different times and different nights. So... Go check those things out if you're going to be at Gen Con. Um, There's only like one seminar and then – well, it's tricky. Like They list two seminars, Um, but only one of them is actually a seminar. Okay, There's a storytelling in the realms, Tyranny of Dragons and beyond sort of get together with Chris Perkins, Ed Greenwood, Ari Salvatore, and Wolfgang Bauer and talk about Tyranny of Dragons and where the realms are going from here. Uh, And then there's what they're calling – Dungeons & Dragons, the new edition, ready, set, play. Which, it looks like starts off with a short sort of Q&A, introduction to the new edition. But then is more of a workshop where you actually work, walk through the process of creating your own character. And you actually are making your character, right? It's it's you actually working on it there. Uh, and they, they're doing that one several times a day. Almost every... Uh, uh, several times a day, every single day. Um, so... We will be bringing you coverage of the storytelling of the realms stuff anyway and some other seminars that I know of that are not WOTC. Uh, but other than that, most of what they're doing is a whole bunch of different games. So if you want to go to Gen Con and check out what the fifth edition is actually like, I think that's how you're going to do it is through games and not through announcements and seminars.
0: Excellent. I think that's the way to do it.
1: But it gives me less to do. Darn it! All right. Yeah,
0: but <laughs> I think I think they're really focusing on let's let's get people in and sort of show them the new game and mm-hmm. the new way to play and the new way to think about it, and the new way to be creative and the new way to you know. And I think it's good. They're my, trying a different approach. It's great.
1: My only my only other thought is I think that it would be nice for them to have one more seminar mm-hmm. because. Um, as of what September, we don't know what else is coming out from D and D. I'm sure mm-hmm. they have other other products in the pipeline. Normally, Gen Con well, is when they would I'm, announce those.
0: I'm going to talk about that actually. Well, in my, th- then, in my in my item,
1: then maybe we'll save that for then. Yeah. So before well, we get I mean, t- before yeah. we get too far, let's go ahead and mention our sponsor, Noble Knight Games. Our pick for the episode is Keep on the Borderlands, the original adventure. The the starter set that's recently come out or is coming out, depending on what kind of store you have available to you, is based on. Um, the Lost Minds of Fandelvers is based sort of around the idea of keep on the Borderlands. It was originally published in 1981. It is currently for sale from Noble Knight for four dollars. Four dollars. You hear me, Sam?
0: Four dollars.
1: Four dollars. Noble Knight is a long-standing game store specializing in finding out-of-print games while also offering the newest great releases.
0: Including D&D?
1: They got it from any edition. That's right, all of them.
0: What if I want a board game? Card game minis or dice?
1: Noble Knight has it all and at a discounted price. In fact, Noble Knight has over 30,000 unique items on stock. And you know you can trust this Better Business Bureau accredited store... ...with a satisfaction guarantee. Yeah, but I've bought too many things over the years. How can I justify spending even more? Good thing we're talking about Noble Knight, then. They'll buy your old gaming things and offer you cash or trade. So you'll be able to keep up with all the great gaming stuff you want. Check them out at noblenight.com. Wow, I'll go today! And be sure to tell them The Tome Show sent you. All right, now on to our big topics.
0: Well, let's let's talk for ten minutes about the the basic D and D PDF and and the starter set that have been released. Not in terms of a review, just uh, talk about.
1: See, I can't review it yet. I got a copy. Yeah. Um, in, in, yeah. in full disclosure, I got a review copy, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't had a chance to look at it at all. I'm taking it with yeah. me on the plane. I'm flying across the pond tomorrow, uh, and so I will be yeah. reading it on the plane.
0: Well, I mean, the Tome Show is going to do a review episode, so yes. I don't think we should review it, but I, I think we should just talk about the fact that it was released and and what maybe what you get and just in, in very general terms. and. Uh, and some topics that, you know, it, it matches, of course, what Mike Merles has been writing on Legends and Lore, you know. Uh, so in a way, if you keep up with the news, most of it shouldn't be surprising. Um, but there are some things in the basic PDF that are just really well done. So we can talk about that if you want to talk about that.
1: Sure. Well, let's, let's – since we've started with the starter set, let's just uh, – the starter set is a, a box set that came out that is intended to be um, – a beginning place for people new to D anD D, right? And so it's got a a really small pamphlet sort of, or not really pamphlet, but soft sort of um, booklet, if you will, with some starter rules.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got a, an equally sized uh, booklet of an adventure, the Lost Minds of Fandelver.
0: I think which, that's sixty four pages, isn't it?
1: Sixty four. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah.
0: Uh, and that 's pretty meaty, I mean, you know, like yeah, uh, the yeah. the campaign guide for murder at Baldur's Gate was sixty four pages that 's mm-hmm. pretty it 's a pretty hefty you know piece of work well, though. and
1: I was impressed because uh, I was reading through the Legends of Lore preparing for it tonight and, and caught an article where he talked about the number of different things and dungeons and things that are in that adventure, having not mm-hmm. actually read through it yet. Uh, yeah, but it, there's, I haven't know, either. There's the multiple way. dungeons in that little 64 pages. It makes oh, me good. feel like old school stuff, you know, where they could right. just pack tons of stuff in so tiny little, uh, little page count. Cool. Um, and then it also comes with a set of pre generated character sheets um, and dice. Am I missing anything?
0: Uh, there is a blank character sheet that's on the back of the, uh, the ad. glossy ad, so <laughs> you can photocopy it. You probably shouldn't write directly on it because your pen won't work. because yeah. it's on that glossy paper. With but, but you can photocopy it easily enough.
1: But it doesn't have the starter set itself. Doesn't have any character generation rules.
0: That's right. But those are in the basic PDF. So yeah, it is. Tell me about that. The basic PDF is. Let me open up my PDF. It is 110 pages. 110 pages. Of free it's, D&D. it's big. It's it's great. It's a really good piece of work. Um, you know, even if even if D and D maybe is not your go to game, or or maybe if you really loved four E and and you're kind of wary about the new edition. You know what? This is free, and it's 110 pages of stuff that you can read. And you know what? If you decide not to play fifth edition, that's okay. If you can still play fourth edition. And there are even ideas in here that you might want to steal uh, in terms of teaching your players how to do some character development. You know, the the, uh, the trinket table is a really interesting way to, to sort of induce creativity. The, the uh, inspiration point system, even if you don't implement it, is worth taking a look at and thinking about. Uh, there's just a lot of good stuff in here. It's 110 pages. They, they worked really hard on this, and they did a very good job it's 100- of, ma- of, of making a, a, a basic document. It really spells out how they how they want to present this game, and they did a good job.
1: And I will point out, it's 110 pages, and that is probably the smallest it will ev- ever be. They keep right, talking right. about all the stuff they're going to add to it. When the Monster mm-hmm. Manual comes out, they'll add a bunch of stuff to it. When the DMG mm-hmm. comes out, they'll add a bunch of stuff to it, and possibly continue adding stuff to it moving forward.
0: Right, um, right. Because so- right, right now, it only has uh, the four base classes, Fighter, Wizard, Rogue, uh, and a Cleric. Uh, and it only has, what, uh, Elf, Human, Dwarf, and Halfling. Yeah. Uh, but when the PHB comes out, those those will be expanded I'm I'm pretty sure so
1: sure um, well and, and I don't know that you'll I mean you won't get everything right because oh no 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 I'm but, sure but they I mean would, they would, yeah. they would like to give you oh, yeah. you know, it's of course. basically this is this is the really simple version of the game you know the, the the builds that they give you are relatively simple it's the core classes it's not spreading out to the crazy things mm-hmm. uh, but if you want to play DD or if you just want to try it out and see if you like it this is a really good, good and easy way to start. And then if you decide you like it, great. Here's all these other th- – you know, go buy a player's handbook and you can get more complexity and, and, and add in all the other things. Uh, or if you're happy playing the free version, you can play the free version from level 1 to 20 and get along with that just fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So
1: there you go. All right. That's basic and yeah. starter. Sam, yeah. you got the first uh, topic.
0: So I want to talk about an article from June 16th uh, that's – that uh, a Legends and Lore article that Mike Merles wrote and posted on June 16th. So this is before the basic D&D PDF came out, before the premier stores had access to the starter set, before we sort of know a whole bunch about the changes they've made and the things that are going on. Um, and the article is called Bringing a Game to Life and what he talks about is... um you know, I, I think he wrote this the day after they sent the files for the player's handbook off to the printer. Uh, so they they were basically closing up the first sort of the first trimester, if I could say, if I could <laughs> call it that, the, the first of the triad of books. They they were closing the door on that one, sending it off to the printer, and so it's sort of this landmark uh, time in the development cycle. And so he mentions and uh, mentions different things about that, talking about all that, but. The thing I want to talk about about this article is that he brings up um, Tyranny of Dragons. And they used a design studio to help them create the Tyranny of Dragons product. And the product is actually two products. It's, uh, one of them will be released in August and I think one the ne- very next month.
1: I think um, I would argue they use multiple design studios and it's way more than two products.
0: Well, well, so yeah, so I just mean that this. So, but so he, he talks about using uh, Cobalt Press as the design studio that that produced this particular these particular two products I- in this sort of giant campaign arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he mentions uh, the, he mentions that they were so impressed with the way that worked out that it freed up their development team to really focus on. Uh, the, the, the rule books right, uh, and so they could make the rule books the best possible products they could be for the initial re- launch of the, of the edition and they could still work with the people who are creating the adventures, but those people could focus on the adventures. Uh, and the the, the 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 people at WOTC could focus on the rules and so there could be this enmeshing, but everybody has enough time to still get all their work done, basically. You know, his point was if we tried to create the three rule books and also tried to create a really stellar sort of set of adventures to release at the same time as the core books one of those is going to not be the best it could be cuz we would have to portion out our time mm-hmm. and 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 our development energy and and so one of th- something is going to falter it's like having too many things on your priority list you don't have enough time to get them all done that means some of them aren't going to get done one could um, argue
1: that the alternative is they could have a larger staff
0: yeah however
1: their staff has continued to shrink even as they've gone into the new edition, yeah, which is yeah. unusual for them. Usually, when a new yeah. edition is coming out, the the staff increases, and then after it launches, right. that's when things decrease. Yeah. Uh,
0: so their they, staff has shrunk. Yeah. And so
1: yes, I think they this is something that they so, needed
0: to try and worked mm-hmm. out really well. Right, and and in fact, in, about the staff, Mike Merle said that there are fifteen dedicated people on. The fifth edition development team, you know, that are that are truly 100 percent of their job is working on fifth edition. Now, that doesn't mean that working on fifth edition, the RPG. Some of them are people for working dealing with like uh, um, what is it, Cryptic Studios dealing with MMO issues. Some of them are dealing with the other design studios, like you know, Chris Perkins is sort of heading up the team that that's working in the design studio to produce the product so it's not that that wizards of the coast just said here write this story for us they're they're heavily involved and yeah. some of those people are also involved so there is some cross talk right um but one of the things that he that he mentions is and, um, and if
1: you want more details on sort of how that interaction works uh the, we,
0: did, we released an interview a couple of weeks ago with wolfgang right. bauer
1: and steve winter that's and they, right. they go all into it yeah
0: yeah, and it and it's really awesome and all that. But the really cool thing, so <laughs> there's that. I mean, you can you can read that article. I mean, I'm you know I'm not going to read the whole article to the audience. That's that's lame. But the thing, the reason I brought this up and I think this article is so interesting is because uh, he mentions story bibles and um, the way that they that they made this process work was they created a story bible. They sort of made a general outline of how they wanted the story. To go and they created a story Bible that contained a whole bunch of um, sort of guidelines about how the art should be integrated into the product and how how the storyline should be how the villain you know how, how many you know not how many but how the villains should should develop over time a little bit, and worked with the the design studio to make sure that you know if that bible needed to be bent out of shape or twisted a little bit it could be to match the work that the design studio is doing and you know if there was something that the design studio was unsure about that could be put into the story bible and then that way everybody who's dealing with this particular product knows what's in that story bible and will no one will step on anyone else's toes because there are things happening in the Neverwinter MMO with the tyranny of dragons and there are things happening with the rpg with tyranny of dragons and and who knows what else like we don't even know what the plans are for the rest of the time right but to make sure that all those stories mesh and don't don't contradict each other they have the story bible but then he mentions that that he says it worked out wonderful they really enjoyed doing it that way It, it made everybody very satisfied with the products and everything's really great and then he says um, so that's going to be their new approach because right now – I mean there's still – you know everything is of course always being refined. But that, that's going to be sort of the basis or the foundation of their new approach. So they're going to do that again. So by the time the end of the year comes around, they're going to have two more complete story Bibles ready so that they can pick partners to work as the design studios on those particular stories. Now,
1: I sort of got the impression and, that they've already picked one. Um, it it, it could I, be
0: – Did I just read yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it says um, we already have our next story Bible completed, and we have pe- partners for that story Bible uh, building that one. So yes, you're right. Okay. So that one's that one's already being worked on. Um, but the, the key here is this is the approach they're taking. So uh, while they might write a lot of things in-house – by no means are they even, you know, keeping giant storylines close to the vest. I mean, they are because I'm sure the design studios aren't, you know, they're on an NDA, but they are farming out this work not just to freelancers but to whole design studios. So, you know, I'm ex- I, I'm thinking, you know, this might be sort of a new a new age in in how Wizards of the Coast deals with mm-hmm. with uh, with people who produce content for their game. I think and that's I, consistent I, I think with what I've heard. Yeah, it sounds very positive. I I really I really like the tone of the article. I like what he says. I like that he's obviously excited about it and pleased with the way that it turned out. And you know, I'm sure it was a little bumpy at first. Nothing is ever perfect when you first implement it, but it sounds like it's working out really well so it made me really i mean that this uh, along with the with the wolfgang bauer steve winter interview made me extremely excited to see this storyline and i'm not a forgotten realms player right so so, I'm i'm not looking at this for you know oh i want to know what's happening with the sundering and how's this going to fit in i don't care about any of that but i want to see this storyline and i and i want to play with it and see what they do with it and see what's new and see what's interesting and yeah i'm excited
1: so I, th- I think you're right. and I think it is uh, really um, going to be interesting to see how this works and going forward and, and the different partners they can mm-hmm. bring into it because if nothing else, that also creates more buy-in from these other companies that have their own followings. You know, right. uh, The COBOL people now might be more a little, a little more interested in checking out 5th Edition and, and whoever, mm-hmm. what other other partners they get in. Uh, and so um, there's all of that. What will be interesting is to see what happens the first time this – process falls apart you know kobold is really trustworthy like wolfgang Mm -hmm. is not going to hand them anything that they're not going to be happy with he he knows what they want uh, and he knows how to design and then he and he brought in steve winter as as his Mm -hmm. um as his partner on it and steve winter was working for wizards like a week before you know
0: right but not but not just that but if something did happen wolfgang twenty four hours a day to make sure that they made it right He'd make it right, you know like because sometimes things there are there's just a miscommunication it's not that they did something you know somebody purposefully you know did something in direct opposition to what, what they were asked right. for or something sometimes it's just a miscommunication and and you know Wolfgang Gang is the type of guy and all the- everybody who does things for cobalt press uh you know his wife's really involved with the company and everything too and now Steve winter uh is doing you know sort of consulting type work like this and doing design work not as not attached to wizards but attached to the different design houses right. i mean this is you know they're stand up people, but I think what it also does is it opens the door if it keeps working really well maybe eventually some some people who are normal you know sort of individual freelancers could end up getting attached to these different design studios yes. it's just going to be a different sort of way to freelance i yeah, think yeah
1: I, th- I think you're going to end up freelancing that way instead of freelancing for wizards yeah. which is right, fine right. but well, i think there's also yeah.
0: the risk of
1: you know you get a, you get a middle um middle-level sort of um, third-party publisher that, that mm-hmm. develops after fifth edition comes out you know maybe a year from now or two years from now or whatever and they decide to take a chance on them and it doesn't pan out well at all and the whole mm-hmm. thing falls apart and all, they've spent all this time and money on it and mm-hmm. they, and they just don't have a product that they're happy with that's when they might start saying you know what maybe we back off on this a little bit and we go back to well you know, I, i'll be curious to see what happens
0: yeah i mean that could happen but you know i think so many things have to culminate to make that happen that at that point they still have the story mm-hmm. bible they still have the rights to the to the foundation and structure of that story they can always oh, then sure. send it to some place like cobalt press to get to get rescued else right
1: they could but then they're spending more money on it and is it you know they have to start making the cost yeah. independent i mean I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I i i think this could be a great thing i think um it'll be interesting and hopefully they don't decide to throw the baby out with the bathwater the first time it it falls mm-hmm. apart um yeah. because i don't think that that, is, that that a few problems are necessarily indicative of a problem with the system that's right um that's but they have been known to to react that way to these kinds of things in the past, so mm-hmm. I, I'll be curious to keep an eye on on it how it goes. I know I can think of several third party publishers that I would be really excited to see um, mm-hmm. doing stuff for them. You know, I'd, yeah. I I'd like to see him go pull in Green Ronin, who well, does, I, does some great stuff. I'd like to see. Yeah, um,
0: I mean, but what what this also brings up for me is, you know, I, I'm wondering if they're still going to have some in house people, if the in house people are just going to be solely working on the story bibles, or if they're also going to produce, you know. The equivalent to adventure paths and whatnot from inside Watsy or if it 's all going to be you know based on design studios, which brings up the other question is if they are going to farm out all of the sort of creative storyline pieces other than them i mean you know he, he mentions that you know Chris Perkins basically wrote and, and helped frame the story of tyranny of dragons and that 's how they came up with the story bible he, not just Chris alone but he was the lead it's person he, on yeah. that and then they gave it to the the design studio, so, uh, you know, and and then they got to you know have a parlay back and forth yeah, and decide and forth. you know what, to, yeah, there's it it wasn't just that Wolfgang and and Steve were handed this thing and they said here write all the paragraphs in between our notes, you know, it, it was really a design job. But um, what it brings up is, is the is is the staff at Wizards going to be solely or or the majority of what they're going to be working on? Is it going to be things like Additional modules for the rule set, or are they actually going to be working on story? That—that's the question I have, mm. and I'm—I'm cu- going I'm to be waiting for the answer. I don't—I I don't mean that I, I, one is not better than the other. I'm just curious yeah, how they're no, going to, you know, how they're going to do I, it.
1: I can tell you what I think they intend to do, but I'll be curious to see if it actually plays out that way. Mm-hmm. They've been saying for a couple of years now that their goal is to release. The, uh, the core books that we're getting this year mm-hmm. and make them as complete as possible to the point right. that we don't need a lot of other... You know, there won't be... And they've, they've said in some articles as well, there won't be a a Book of feats or this right, new right. power source or whatever, we're not going to do but, that kind of stuff. Everything right, will be right. tied to story, so I but would. I, I, I mean, would,
0: I mean, things like an extra module to bolt onto the core, like for gridded combat,
1: right? No, 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 I thing. get that. So, but so, my guess is that we're not going to see a lot of that stuff unless there's mm-hmm. a story around it. So, I would okay. estimate you know, 80% story, 20% mechanics, um, is what I would expect from them okay. going forward, but That's but. I think that's because that's the plan mm-hmm. oh, whether sure. whether that plays out because they discover that they that sales are better on mechanical splat books mm-hmm. you know we'll see what happens right um, plans and you know plans as they say seldom survive uh, encounters with the enemy so
0: sure yep very true
1: all right anything else on tyranny of dragon design studios story bibles all that.
0: Nope, I think that's it.
1: All right. Then we will move on to me, and I'm going to talk about the Adventure League. Um, It is worth noting to any listeners out there that I am not an expert on Wizards of the Coast organized play, and neither is Sam. Um, Neither one of us really are qualified to give you the the, the super detailed inside scoop of exactly how this is going to work, and, and that's going to be okay. This should be a bit of information about things that have been released and information that's been released. But there's been a whole bunch of articles about the Adventure League in the last month or so. So we would be remiss if we didn't let people know sort of what was going on. I think. Uh, so that's that's what we're doing. Um, the Adventure League is the name of the new organized play system, which we talked about last last episode. I think
0: uh, we first brought it up. Uh, yeah, I and, think so. And said, that's when then right when the news hit. It, right when the new news Adventures hit. League in three tiers. Yes, in three we tiers. About yeah, uh, encounters, expeditions, and
1: epic was that the third e I think yep it uh, is. so they they announced after, shortly after that they announced sort of the team of people that are going to be working on it one of those people of which I, I know um, from previous episodes he's been on I think talking about Dark Sun maybe I know that's his sort of expertise um Robert yes. Aduji was on for an episode. Yeah. Uh, and then they talk sort of about, you know, how do you find a game? How are we going to handle magic items and rewards and treasure and all that? Um, you know, how do you, and the kind, types of games that are going to, going to be played. Um, and so it, it's going to – because there's three different tiers, there's three different ways it's going to work, right? Finding a game is, is your typical thing except you now have other options. Right? You can play at conventions like you could always play at conventions. You could play at an organized play uh, program at a game store, just like you always could. Or sometimes, uh, you know, libraries will allow people to organize things there, that kind of stuff. Uh, but now you can also do it privately. You can get the adventures on your own, run them with your own group, and then still report the, the results to wizards well, to
0: affect them. Remember back in the early days of 4E? Uh, if you were an RPGA member, you could also do that with 4E mm-hmm. and get rewards. They didn't, they didn't actually put the kibosh on that, I think, until it became a, a cost issue. Right. Uh, because their rewards were so awesome, right? It was like the boat tiles when there were no others, and yeah. it was the Tomb of Horrors uh, new uh, module that they put out. That the sort of smaller, not the hardback. I'm I mean, not, e- not hardback, even
1: even the the smaller yeah. rewards were like you yeah, know, the a- the exclusive laminated and stuff. laminated
0: cards. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah, they, they were really good, good, uh, good. Uh, Nice little tidbits for running a game, mm-hmm. and you could, if you were an RPG. I was an RPGA member, so I I would go on and log my games all the time, not just to get the rewards, but to log my games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you know, they get good information from that and all that. And and I, I think it's going to be a very similar system.
1: All right. And so you have the you have the ability to bring in your own characters following certain guidelines which will come out this summer um, you can carry over your magic items and and other rewards with you from game to game even if it's different dms and different different players different locations doesn't matter um, and and so you've got the encounters uh series like you currently have which continues on uh, it it creates sort of an episodic campaign uh, you have the expedition series uh, which they talk a little bit about being um Kind of a throwback to the old living um, campaigns, the living it was a living city uh, at first, and then it became living green yeah
0: it was, and then it was living forgotten Realms. and then it became yeah. living
1: forgotten realms, and yeah. so they're going to do another sort of living campaign, but they decided not to call it living Moonsea because they want because uh, that 's where it's going to be it's centered around the moon sea region of the forgotten realms, which they figured was a location where they could. They could base a lot of adventures without
0: necessarily stepping on the toes of where other people were working in the realms. And now, now, so as a non-FR expert, where is that with relation to Neverwinter and Daggerford? Because there, here's the reason I ask: Neverwinter and Daggerford, of course, are where the majority of the sort of the, in the past year, all of these uh, adventures have been taking place in that region. It's a long way. Is the moon sea far? It yeah. is far away. OK. Yeah. So that is going to be a wholly separate kind of thing going on. Yes. All right.
1: Well, and, and so that's sort of what they talked about, right, is that it's going to be separated enough that you're not going to have a lot of problems um, with that kind of stuff. Right? With, with what they're doing over there, interfering with what you're doing over here, whatever. But right. at the same time, it's all in the realms, so the big events going on will still sort of echo into the moon sea. Sure. But then they Check also get down. a region that they can mess with, right? So you can actually right. literally define the new canon for the moon sea with your adventures there and reporting that in. Okay. Uh, and so that's sort of the idea of, of the moon sea. But they didn't want to call it living moon sea because that would shoehorn them into that spot. And they want the ability, if needed or if if open or available or whatever, if the story takes them that way, to say, hey, we're going to go over here and do something in Thay now or we're going to go over here and do something you know, over in Neverwinter now or whatever, right? If, if, if other people sort of leave those areas and aren't using them anymore, then, then this living campaign can kind of have the freedom to move around and that's why they didn't, didn't want to call it that. Plus, they get the 3E alliteration if they do expeditions, right? And then uh epics are the uh, the one shots, right? For the 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 hardcore players.
0: Um well, see, I don't like to say it that way because that implies that so, so I think epics is like isn't epics the one where it's like things happening at the cons and stuff And. I, I think calling it for hardcore players implies that people who don't make it to cons aren't hardcore enough, or something. And I, I you know, I don't go to cons a lot just because timing is usually not good, money's not good, and all that. And and so, but I'm a hardcore player, and, and so I think it kind of—I don't know—I wouldn't say it that way.
1: I only say that because there's a section in one of the articles where they're talking about DMing. And they specifically say that uh, if you want to DM one of our epics, uh, it's a little more complex and um, they only recruit from sort of the the best DMs out there for that kind of stuff. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. They they are one-offs. They they usually are launched um, at uh, major conventions and whatever. Um, Part of me also kind of – in my head, compares it to Layer Assaults, which were a fourth edition thing, which were sort of a a, right. a hardcore mm-hmm. tactical thing. Very challenging.
0: Um, yeah. But I don't know that that's necessarily actually ac- an accurate description of what Epics is going to be. I now, don't think so. it is. Because wasn't Layer Assaults, didn't they like to get points and you could win? And I'm not well, sure that got, that's you, what they're doing.
1: Right. I, but you can get points through the the Adventure League in general also. The different things that you yeah. accomplish through the adventures, you get renowned points,
0: and you can you know get stuff. Yeah, I got the sense that that was different, though. I, I don't mean like renowned points. I, I think I, I thought, and I'm t- probably totally wrong because you know I'm not a Lerasolt expert, but I think that it was most it was like a competition, and whoever did the best in that scenario and 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 got the most points from the DM during that game, you you got points in the league and you get ranked and stuff like that not as renowned points like oh it means your character's more famous or what i, I don't know I, I think i think there's a fine distinction there's a fine line mm-hmm. but i think me- mechanistically it works a lot differently mm-hmm. um i think that the epics things the the sense i got and i could be wrong but the sense i got was these are more bigger stories that ha- that require sort of you know top-notch DMs and top-notch players to come together and sort of resolve these conflicts that are going to be occurring.
1: Well, and the epics are the ones that we have the least amount of information on at this point right. as well. So exactly. I mean the other ones they've said yeah. hey, this is what it's going to be like and mm-hmm. you can compare it to these things we've already done, you know, encounters. Yeah. This is yeah. what encounters is going to be like, which you already know because you've been doing it for years, right? Uh, Expeditions is going to be like this, which you can compare to these living things that we've done in the past and here's some examples of what of what we're doing and here's some the specific ones that we're actually doing. You know, uh, epics where they don't have a lot of examples of here an example of one um so it'll be curious to see um what it is and how it works and all that mm-hmm. I, th- I think they'll yeah. be doing some of those at gen con
0: yeah so well, well just the fact that everything that we ha- have to say about it is well i get the sense that it tells you how much we actually know right. <laughs> right like well i only know the same thing everybody else knows you know just from reading that two paragraphs that we know so right.
1: yeah but anyway that's uh that's the adventure league in a nutshell of what we've heard from that um
0: did I miss anything? I don't think so. I, I think right. you got it all. Uh, well, and,
1: and you know what I found interesting, though? Something hmm. else that, that occurred to me as I was reading through all these? Um, they've sort of paved the way for this towards with um, the the switchover that they've made recently with mm-hmm. um, the Organized Play Adventures, having them uh-huh. be PDF only and, and making right. them available for sale right. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, they've paved the way to do this in this way because – the adventures that they're running as part of their organized play, a lot of them are just the published adventures. Like the Tyranny right. of Dragons adventures are also playable as organized play. Right. Um, plus there's, there's other ones that are just organized play based or whatever. And if you want – and it sounded to me if I re- – and it sounded – it seemed to me as I read through the article that they were saying that if you are running it in a game store uh, through an organized play program and they, ha- you know, they're a, a Wizards Play Network store mm-hmm. – that they will be able to provide you with a link to a free copy. So you won't be paying for it. But if you Uh aren't one of those people and you want to run it, here it is available for free as
0: well. I don't... I don't... I have no no opinion on that because I don't remember reading anything that gave me that impression.
1: There was a very specific bit where they talked about uh, being provided with a link. Uh, Now, I don't know if that means that the game store is paying uh, a certain fee for it or whatever, and then they're given a link to be able to share. Um...
0: Yeah, but I don't they, know. But if, or if it's per- just extra material like launch weekend kind of thing, it could be versus the actual product. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly uh, So, so, know so that
1: and, that. and that's yeah. that's just very vague at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. I, I don't think that's us necessarily <laughs> misinterpreting. I think that's yeah. just the 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 fact. The that details happened.
0: aren't there. But it yeah. sounds
1: like they may be going to a point of if you're doing it publicly, uh, you know, in an open place and inviting people to play, we're mm-hmm. going to find a way to try to get you a free copy. And otherwise, if you still want it, that's great because a lot of them are just the normal adventures that we're selling. Here it is. You know? Now, it, it may be uh, just some – like it may be that Expeditions you can get a free copy of. Yeah. But the Encounter stuff like the Tyranny of Dragon stuff and all that, you still have to pay for, which makes sense.
0: I think that's the case. Because I think the Expedition stuff is going to be PDF only, whereas the Encounters is a yeah. purchasable hard copy product. Right. Which I, which, so which I, which still, I think there's the distinction. But
1: still, yeah. one of the big concerns that people had uh, when they made the change to going PDF only on a lot of this stuff was that everybody now had to pay for it. And so a bunch mm-hmm. of people were talking about, well, fine, I'm just not going to run Organized Play stuff anymore because I got to right. pay for it.
0: Um, right. You know, now maybe you'll get some but, of it for free. Yeah, but, but Tyranny of Dragons is a print product, right? So I think. Yeah, no, you know, I don't think you're going to get Tyranny of Dragons. Yeah. I, I, well, but no, what I'm saying is I think, I think the distinction there is I think maybe they can now switch to a, a, a model where you get the small Adventurers League module for free because it's a PDF. But for something that's going to run 16 or 15 sessions of encounters, you're going to have to pay for that because it's a print product that comes with stuff. You know, map and nice, beautiful art and stuff like that. So, and I don't know. I mean, I, so the, here's the thing, though. If you're right, and if what they're saying is they can try to get a copy, a PDF copy of of these, uh, you know, encounters, uh, I wonder if that means they're going to sell them the, uh, the too on, stuff? on on D and D Yeah, on D. No, no. The, if you're if you're saying if there's a difference between if so here's the problem with having three different tiers too right. is that then we get we start cross talking right uh the so there's the expeditions and then there's encounters right 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 now encounters you have to pay for right? right and we're say we're thinking our thinking is, and we could be wrong, but our thinking is is that expeditions if you're running it in public, you don't have to pay, they're just going to give you the p d f right so I wonder if they're also going to sell those on like dndclassics.com. They
1: seem to imply that they were going to sell it as yeah. well.
0: And then what, that, then what that brings up is are they also then going to sell PDFs of Tyranny of Dragon stuff on dndclassics.com? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I know you're going to buy it. You can buy a hard copy, and I'll buy a hard copy because I'm a, I'm a well. I Well, I can, t- I can
1: tell you this. I asked Mike mm-hmm. Merles that question and the answer mm-hmm. is we have nothing to announce at this time.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. But I know. It feels to and me like s- – He stated that multiple times because everybody is, is asking. Right. But it, uh, it, it feels to let let me like it.
1: they are definitely going to try to provide digital copies, whether it's PDFs or through an mm-hmm. app on your device or whatever. It feels to me like they're definitely going to try to provide digital copies of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but they're not ready to talk about what that is or what, what, when or where it will be available yet. So,
0: Well, and they're, they're also not talking about any kind of licensing thing until at least the, the DMG comes out. That's, that's what he has stated.
1: Right. And, so, and, and they've said uh, – we never talked yeah. about that, right? They've talked about – and we have a little time. That's right. They talked about yeah. – lic- he ta- he's put out an article um, in the last month or so about licensing discussing mm-hmm. how, look, we t- we're focusing all of our time and attention right now on getting the books and the rules right. Then we're gonna. Then we can f- start thinking about the licensing. We understand that the OGL um, was very popular among certain circles, and we are, you know, looking at that as an option, and looking at what needs to be included and what doesn't. So, what can we do to support people doing third party, third party products and, and make them high enough quality that people continue to enjoy D anD. d I think is, is their concern, and that the product uh, they they will release information about the license at the beginning of 2015. Or towards the beginning of 2015,
0: he he has alternately said, you know, they want the core to come out, and then he said, you know, early 2015 yeah. is probably the earliest you're going to see it.
1: Yeah, right. So, so, yeah, and I think that's and, and and he said that there's there's I I don't know that this is a reason, but I think this is a benefit that is probably legitimate that um, when it, if it were to come out and the license were available now. People who really didn't understand the rules very well would start publishing mm-hmm. products, right? Right. So right. if you if you delay the license for six months or whatever until after all mm-hmm. the products are out, all those people will have a chance to actually play it. They'll grok right. the rules a little bit better, and the the third party products you'll be getting will be much better,
0: mm-hmm. be high quality. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that's not necessarily. I, I I don't. I think
0: having a license is is mandatory at this point. Yeah. Um, Well, I think – I don't think that it's – an. so I know lots of people are like, oh, I want to know about the license. And I do too, but it's more of a curiosity for me. And I really – I think that – I think it's a smart move to wait till the core is completely out. But I think think people really want to know because they want to know if WOTC is going to move back towards a more open game system license or if they're going to keep having a closed – because 4th Edition had a closed GSL compared to, of course, the OGL, the open game license, which – you know, I mean, we could talk for hours about the history of RPGs and stuff like that. But, but fourth edition was relatively closed, and so people are kind of wondering which direction WotC is gonna right. flop, is gonna. It's, it's is more gonna of a go curiosity in, you know. about
1: the new culture of WotC than it right. Is anything. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. So what it's what not you, necessarily what? about the rule of law. It's about how is this being made. Right. You know, this so, so
1: how do you think they're gonna go? Are they you, are they gonna go OGL? Are they gonna go GSL? Or are they gonna do some sort of hybrid in between?
0: Um, I think they're going to have a three-tiered license. I think because you know, in in fourth edition, they had a, a regular game system license that was very closed, and they had product identity, and then they had also a fan license that you could produce stuff as long as you weren't going to sell it for profit, mm-hmm. um, and you can talk about them on your website, and they gave you logos and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think they'll probably still do a fan-based kit, and it'll it'll probably be as maddeningly vague as the one was for fourth edition, which which um you know, if you if you were trying to get to a point where you were going to try to publish and maybe make ninety nine cents off of your product, uh suddenly you ran into a bee's nest of legalese uh for the game system license that was very thick and hard to get through. Um so I'm of two minds because I think that uh, of course Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have lawyers um, because they're a corporation and they will have lawyers who they're having to consult and have – they're bringing them in on this process to make sure that they protect their product identity and, and their intellectual property. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with and that. they, I'm and not, they should. You know, and, and they should. Right. They should. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't mean it as a derogatory thing. I just mean that this is one of the reasons why we don't know yet because they're being very careful because they want to make sure that they have it perfect hmm. – and that their lawyers also approve before they do anything. I think the way they're going to go is more closed. I don't think they're going to go as open as the as the 3.x OGL, but I think um I think they don't really have much of a choice in terms of so much of what's what's in the system is already OGL. Um and so I think basically they're going to stick with their IP. They're going to keep their, their intellectual product, pr- property and product identity with things like the Beholder, the Carrion Crawler, mm-hmm. the, so um, the Owl Bear. I, I think they're going to go pretty close with that. But I think what's going to happen is they're going to completely um, – because the thing, the thing is you cannot copyright or, or patent you can't uh, you can pan, you can't copyright game mechanics right well, you can't copyright rolling a d6 but you can copyright the text around the description of how to roll that d6 and how it applies to your game system and i think they're going to try to walk a fine line they don't want to piss off their fans but they don't want to piss off their lawyers you know i mean i just think it's it's a sticky wicket you know it's really hard to to really deal with this kind of things. And of course, I'm not a lawyer, so you know, what do I know? But now there's, um, I, see, I see there's two dials they can turn here, though. Yeah.
1: One of them is the license, and the mm-hmm. other one is the SRD. Yeah. Right? If you think back to the third edition days, mm-hmm. they had the OGL, but they yeah. could still control yeah, yeah. Yeah. a lot of yeah. their IP through the SRD. Yeah. So they could right, still right. wholeheartedly embrace the OGL. Say, hey, yeah. we are OGL. It's all, it's all mm-hmm. OGL all over the place. Right. We're going to use
0: the exact same but license. Here's your, but, but here's, here's your the very list specific of things. things you can use. Right. That you can't and or that you can't, because really what what they yeah, yeah, if for fourth edition, I think they had the list of what you could use, but it was really crazy because it was like, oh, monster manual page thirty six but it didn't say the things, you had to go look up right. what was on you know monster manual page thirty six and then it was like, okay, well, what part of that page you know is it all you know i p or is you know it, it's hopefully. Here's what I want, okay? And and I don't know if I'm if I'm asking for too much because, you know, you it's it's hard to write a contract like a system license and then put out a sort of user-friendly version of that because the thing is that if your user-friendly version conflicts or can be interpreted as right. conflicting with the actual stated license, the one that the most reasonable person could interpret That's the one that's going to win, and they could lose part of their IP by making a mistake in the in the sort of fan fan written or not fan written, but user friendly written. That's why they don't release one that a normal person can read. You know that you don't have to be a lawyer to actually get all the way through, Uh, because they don't have a choice because because of the way that copyright and IP law works in the U.S. but I would love for them to spell out, literally spell out in plain words, here are the things that you can do. Here are the things that you cannot do. If what I am saying in this list or this other list over here is not describe what you want to do, uh, then you need to either don't do it or contact us. Contact okay. customer service. And you know, but i don 't think that 's going to happen because i don 't think they want to dedicate someone or some team to parsing all of the people they 're going to say, "Well, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this you know so and there's that 's really the only way you can I mean, do what, that
1: what, what they 're going to ultimately i mean if if they go that route they 're going to ultimately just say here 's the things you can use and here 's the things you can't right here 's mm-hmm. the list
0: of monsters that you can
1: pull from here 's the list of monsters you can 't pull from and right. they 're just not going to say or if you want to use them, contact us so right. they're just going to say
0: you can't use them yeah. cuz we can't well, staff like, I think the, yeah, the, the right. law office and to and part of the problem with the 4th edition game system license was they never updated it right? right like it ended with the first second monster manual i think and then anything that was released after like 2010 early 2010 never you never got information about that in the GSL all so this stuff you had that no mechanically
1: like- that you could use what's that all the stuff that they where they actually
0: fix the mechanics on the monsters and and all that kind of stuff you couldn't actually use the good stuff <laughs> Right, right, exactly. It just never got updated, so you didn't. You were like taking the chance. If you said, "Well, this new sort of way to talk about this monster is that part of the IP, or is it not? And can I use it, or can I not? And if I can't, and I do something, I could. They could, you know, wipe me out or send well, me a CD. In, in
1: third edition, they did very few uh, updates as well. I mean, it, the monsters in the third edition SRD are mm-hmm. basically all from the first monster manual. Yeah. You know, and they just said, "Look, these are the what we consider to be the core parts of D anD. d If you and want you to do something beyond it. that, you need to create your own thing.
0: Right, right, yeah. So. Anyway. I, I mean, yeah, I know. It's that that we can talk about this for hours because it's. But of course, not. And neither you nor I are an expert in this, so right. we could just be spewing out misinformation <laughs> left and right. Uh, but uh, you know, we're both also pretty up on the industry, so not that we've been spewing out. Incorrect information. But it is interesting. It is interesting to under you know to think. And once he's I, going I to make you know, pay a dollar every
1: time you play D D. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should start that rumor. Fake fake D and D five rumors. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, you know, once upon a time we thought this
0: is going to be a twenty-minute episode. We have managed to go fifty-one <laughs> minutes, just the two of us. Well, we want to thank Noble Knight Games and, of course, you guys also for supporting us. Uh, and you should keep supporting The Tome Show by shopping at Amazon and com. Go ahead and click over to thetomeshow.com and click on our affiliate links over there, and you will go to the same page that you always see when you go to Amazon, but uh, we'll get a couple of tiny pennies for whatever it is that you buy there. And you can buy anything. You don't have to buy just game books. You can go to Amazon and buy whatever they offer. We'll still get a couple pennies for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to know more about anything we talked about tonight, you can find show notes and other great D&D shows over at thetomeshow.com. And if you want to get a hold of us, feel free, of course, to email thetomeshow at gmail.com. Or we love hearing your voice. So you can call the Bizline at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E.
1: So until next time this is Jeff Griner signing out for myself Sam Dylan and our missing man on the street. I guess he got lost in the red box, huh?
0: I I guess he did.
1: We, we miss you tonight, Randall. Anyway, keep on gaming, Tomites.